Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday sermon was given by guest speaker, Reverend Amanda Goldbeck. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the Revelation to John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 6, found in your Red Pew Bible on page 249. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. God, our helper, show us your ways and teach us your paths. By your Holy Spirit, open our minds that we may be led in your truth and taught your will. Then may we praise you by listening to your word and by obeying it. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Revelation 21, verse 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, open our hearts to your spirit this day. Open our hearts to your transformative power. 
May the words we hear be pleasing to you, O Lord. Amen. This year, we have the gift of having seven awesome youth participating in confirmation class. They really are a fun and engaging group, and I would not necessarily just say that about every group. Uh, So it is unique to this wonderful group. And I have to say that I feel blessed to get to walk alongside them in this part of their faith journey. A few weeks ago, I was talking with the confirmands about who God is, and we were talking about the three O's that describe God. Maybe some of you can think back to your own confirmation experiences, that God is omnipotent, that God is omniscient, and that God is omnipresent. In the midst of this discussion, we ended up looking at the creation story. And I had one of the, of the confirmands read from the very beginning of Genesis chapter 1. It reads, In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And as I'm sure many of you know, it it goes on from there. And it is so common, a set of verses, it is easy to not give much thought to it. But one of the confirmands jumps into the discussion asking, wait, where did God come from? This launched us down a path of wrestling with the question of whether there is a time when God was not And turning to John 1, the confirmands very thoughtfully wrestled with the idea that there is no beginning outside of God. Now, in our scripture reading today from the book of Revelation, we encounter an affirmation of God's position at the beginning. An affirmation that God exists outside our human conception of time We also encounter our scripture making an even bolder claim. The scripture proclaims that not only is God the beginning, but God simultaneously is the end and and everything in between, for that matter. Everything and everyone is wrapped up in the Alpha and the Omega. My discussion with the confirmands didn't end through resolving the challenge of God's coming into existence. The discussion continued and led to the inevitable follow-up question. If God is the beginning, 
And if God is the end, if God is everything in between, then why? Why is there evil in the world? Why do bad things happen? Why is there pain and death and suffering? On this All Saints Day, where we celebrate and affirm and remember those of our faith community and those in our personal lives who have passed from this world, it seems a fair paradox to want to resolve. What does our scripture from Revelation mean for us who are mourning or who are in pain or who are suffering? For those of us who come with tears streaming down, what does this scripture mean in terms of what it tells us about the God we worship? Professor Renee Suck Schreiner remarks that any discussion of this text should be preempted by a warning that it gives away the ending of the story. The story she is referring to is that not only of the book of Revelation, nor even just the New Testament, but the end of the entire history of salvation as told in the Christian Bible. Our six verses from Revelation sum up the great drama of God and humanity. And you see, this is the gift of the Christian faith. We don't have to wander through our days wondering what the story is or how it will unfold. We've already been given the conclusion. Now the challenge is that while we know the ending, we have yet to experience that ending in its fullness. Our scripture talks of the passing away of the first things. That is those things which bring about pain and suffering and death. Our scripture and ultimately the whole narrative of our faith doesn't promise us that we will be exempt from the pain and suffering of this world as much as we wish that it did promise us that. Instead, what we are promised, though, is the gift of endurance through Christ who strengthens us in and through all things. Through knowing the end of the story, through holding on to the end of the story, we don't have to be confined and defined by our grief, our mourning, our pain, our suffering, and our loss. Knowing the ending of the story frees us to live lives that are grounded in a hope that is guaranteed. Our hope in the future is not one based on if our God is the Alpha and the Omega and everything in between. Our hope is not based on if a new heaven and a new earth will come. Our hope is not based on if God will make a home among mortals. Our hope has no if in it. Our hope is guaranteed. Now the question then becomes, how can we be sustained? How do, we be, how do we keep going while we know the end of the story and yet we have not seen its fulfillment? 
Now we can be sustained in our hope and reminded that indeed a new heaven and a new earth are coming, that we will experience God in full relationship, and that nothing will separate us from the love that was poured out on the cross and realized in Christ's resurrection. How are we sustained in that hope? On this All Saints Sunday, as we do the first Sunday of every month, we come to the Lord's table. We join with the communion of saints who have gone before us and those that surround us in this time and this place as we experience the foretaste of the great heavenly banquet. Shortly, when we join together in communion, our hope that is enduring, that is guaranteed, that is promised, through the words of scripture. It will be realized, it will be enacted, and it will be lived out as we will be united with all those past and present who have ever received the bread and the cup, the broken body and blood of Christ. Our hope will be sustained as we will encounter the kingdom of God as we are united with the church in heaven and the church on earth, one body, as we come to the table this day. And so as we continue the journey of faith, as we continue to wrestle with the reality that we know the end, and yet we live in the midst of it having yet been fulfilled, as we prepare to come to the table and to go out into the world once again, let us hold tight to the truth that the end of our story is actually a much, much greater beginning. Amen.